Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The campaign is The Two-Headed Serpent. It was written by Paul Fricker, Scott Dorward, Matthew Sanderson, and it was edited by Mike Mason, and it's available at the Chaosium website. Our game master is Matthew Sanderson, and this is Episode 7. Now for the recap. You're listening to WITD Radio. Coming to you live from the Bancroft Building in downtown Arkham, WITD Radio is proud to present The Two-Headed Serpent! After an extensive meeting with Shapiro and the good folks at Caduceus, our heroes were free to return to their normal lives and activities in the city. While the others left the meeting room in search of a bite to eat, Magnus remained and was informed that his services were needed to investigate odd activity in and around New York. Seems there'd been an increase in mysterious people keeping an eye on Caduceus employees. Magnus accepted the mission to find out exactly who these eyes belonged to. Meanwhile, several floors below, Johnny Adovino made his way to the research department and presented a photograph of a mysterious young boy to Mr. Nicholas Moat. Having been told that he was the young boy in the photo, Johnny requested the help of Caduceus to continue his search for the mother he never knew. With all of the business in HQ finished, our heroes were in need of a hot meal and possibly a cold beverage. Reconvening at the small Italian restaurant across the street, conversation and discussion were on the menu along with spaghetti and pizza. While Johnny and Gerhard attempted to sway Adi's belief in magic, Magnus left the dinner table to begin his side mission. As their meal wore on, a suspicious-looking patron began showing great interest in our hero's eating habits. Soon after, another unsavory character appeared to be reporting to the first. What is that about? Not craving a confrontation, the group settled their bill and left the restaurant. Connor, never the one for making great decisions, decided to follow one of the patrons and learn that there is a substantial amount of mafia activity in the area that's possibly tied to the Banano crime family. Johnny and Connor went their separate ways. Meanwhile, on the 17th floor of a high-rise apartment building, Hartfield was about to witness Gerhardt's magical communication style. Over a lit candle, he spoke at length with his sister in Germany. Flabbergasted, Adi called it a night, and our heroes all found their way to a well-deserved night of sleep in their own beds. Will Magnus's side mission end in deadly terror? Did Connor put the crosshairs of the Mafia family squarely on his own back? Will Gilliamus Oddfield ever believe in magic? Stay tuned to this station and find out for yourself in the further adventures of... The Two-Headed Serpent! So, without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Matthew? All right, thank you very much, Tom. So, after everyone has gone their separate ways the night before and bedded down for the evening, we awaken on the 20th of March. So, obviously Magnus is, um, is not with us and he's off doing, uh, doing his thing as he was uh, last seen leaving with some um, 
some good business associates and some well respectable businessmen in a uh, long black car. What is everyone else doing today? Uh, we will start with Odd and then go around. Well, the first thing I'm up to this morning is after I've gotten all of my my fire stoked and everything working is uh, I'm going to pay a visit back to Caduceus headquarters and see if I can get uh, permission for my uh, current assistant, uh, Zoe Zamuli, to uh, join me. Um, I can vouch for her. And uh, other than that, I'm just going to go back and work on more of my projects unless somebody wants to do something else. Okay, uh, we can go through that fairly quickly then. Um, so you're shown through by uh, Jane Dollarhide, the receptionist on the um, on the ground floor. Um, you've been given keys by the likes of DeLuca so that you can get to the seventh and eighth floors where most of the main briefing in Caduceus operation happens. Um, you go back to the same briefing room where you uh, talk with Shapiro yourselves. Um, he meets you there. Um, still as uh, hot and bothered and sweaty as per normal, um, but goes through the same um, the same indoctrination, passing you the orientation package for the, for her to have a look through. Um, probably takes a couple of hours going through with um, right. going through that with him. Um, by the end of it, after having a bit of quizzing back and forth, and obviously vouching for her, signing some paperwork, she is given um, the same status as yourself. Excellent. Um, um, at which point, then um, she is shown around by Deluca. Who gives uh, gives her the tour of the six, uh, the seventh and eighth floors, while uh, Shapiro wants you to uh, wants you to stay behind for a sec to go through a couple of bits. All right. Now, uh, uh, just one thing, Mister Shapiro, I don't want you sending her out into any kind of danger. I just want her to work in the lab. Uh, we have got plenty of need for people to work in the laboratories here, so that's that is not a problem. Not All right. Everyone has to have field status, not unless they want it. All right, you were going to say something. Yeah, I was going to say you wanted a piece of um, piece of the laboratory space here, so mm -hmm. we have got a room set up for you downstairs. Um, it's not exactly big, but it's hopefully something that you'll be able to make use of. All right, I don't need a lot of room. What about equipment? Will I be able to uh, uh, either move my own equipment or requisition whatever I need? Um, either or. Um, if it's something we don't have and you have, obviously we're happy for you to um, to use your own materials and your own equipment. That's that's not a problem for, for us. We can get stuff down there easily enough. All right, good. Um, where is it? What level? Uh, it's a sub-basement level one. Ah, excellent. That'll be fine. Is there any way I can vent to the outside? Because we're going to... I'm going to probably need a furnace. Okay, uh, that, that does kind of stump him a little bit. Uh, you think, ah, oh, okay, I haven't thought there might be a furnace uh, I can, we can certainly ramp up some of the, well, there is an extractor fan in there. We just might need to beef it up a bit. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to patch into the, uh, the heating system and just vent out the, the building or something like that. Mm -hmm. All there, right. is a, there is a piece of kit that I'd like you to have a look at. Sure. As well, while, uh, while you're down there. Um, think of it maybe as a uh, first little test project uh, for you. Sounds like fun. What's it? What's, what's it all about? Well, one of the pieces of kit that we have at our disposal, I mean, we've got a couple of them, but this one's slightly on the, we think it's somewhere something's got a little bit damaged inside, so we want to um, see if we can fix it. 
Uh, we have a device that we call a viral analyzer. A viral analyzer? Or? Yes. Yeah, for examining bodily fluids or other contaminated, potentially contaminated material. Okay. It runs it through a series of tests in the internal mechanism and then will produce a codified number that basically is the result of the calculation or it will, fl or it will flag to say if there is an inconclusive uh, diagnosis or analysis and will ask for further samples. And sure. Um, but at the minute we've yeah, we've been just regularly testing them every so often to make sure that they're okay and that they are, provi are providing the right uh, result. Um, except that we put some clear water in um, one of them just as a regular uh, regular test, and it came back saying it was anthrax. So we know that there is a problem with the work with this piece of kit. Ah, uh, I see. All right. Um, can you give me all the specs on it and? Uh... Who invented it, or or where did it come from, or? Yeah, certainly. Uh, it's a lot of reading. <laughs> that is fine. Yeah. All right. Um, he takes you over to the lift, and will uh, take you down to the uh, the sub basement floor. Then. Yeah, that works. Yeah. Well, on the way down, he says, "Well, the the equipment itself was uh, designed by one of our scientists here. Um, actually, a lot of uh, a lot of the work had uh, Dr. Gonzalez uh, help." to prep some of the more analytical parts of the machine. But it uses um, stolen or other converted serpent person technology. Ah. Uh, it seems like the, uh, the serpent people had a, um, a knack or a fondness for um, biological engineering. Uh, they produced lots of poisons, venoms, um, bioweapons, and so on and so forth. So, this was almost a um, reverse engineering of some of the equipment that we picked up over the last few years. Oh, fantastic. Yes, it's a very, very interesting piece of equipment. I'm sure you'll be, uh, sure you'll be fascinated by it. You know, I'm also kind of curious, are we ever going to get to meet Mr. Meadham? Oh, yes, yeah, he is, he is around. He's just rather busy a lot of the time. So, I imagine so. I'm actually, he has, he has from, what I've, uh, from what I've been informed, he has requested a meeting with you in about the next week. Oh, so excellent, excellent. You will get to meet him face-to-face. -face, Good, because we just kind of, you know, I kind of want to meet the guy we're working for. Yeah. No, he sounds like good. an interesting fella. Oh, he is. He's very, very fascinating. Well, a very, very learned individual. And I can see how he was uh, quite a uh, shrewd businessman uh, before he went down a more altruistic path and such as setting up the foundation. Any idea why, why he had such a change of heart? Yeah. Um, I think it was mentioned in the, uh, the orientation package. It's been a while. Ah, so yeah. Yeah. Um, he was attacked by a certain person. Um, he barely, barely survived. In fact, one of the reasons why he's, uh, he's a little frail these days. It's ah. a lot out of him. Well, that'll do it. You know, mortality has a way of changing people's points of view. Oh, yes. Ah, here we are. Ah. Yep, the, the oh. doors open into the sub-basement. Um, this is, it looks like an ordinary basement. There's no real effort being made to glorify it. There are uh, pipes running along the ceilings. There's bare brick walls. So water pipe there, sewage. Excellent. Ah, yep. now this will be just fine. Yeah, um, you do notice the uh, the elevator panel with the various buttons that you can push do, uh, does indicate there are another couple of levels beneath this. 
um, but they are key access that you need to get down there. I see. This, I this see. one is key access, but still the same key that you use to get to seven and eight without any problems. All right. Well, thank you very much. All right. And we'll have the viral analyzer moved into your uh, into your room for you to have a look at and see if you can get to the uh, the bottom of where the problem is. All right. Should I go upstairs and collect uh, Zoe, or is she going to be dropped off down here? No, we, we can point her down this way, or otherwise, yeah, free, freedom to do as she wishes. All right. Cool. Thank you very much, Mr. Shapiro. And the room that you've got is, as, as you would expect, it's a fairly standard size room. Um, walls bare, pipes still um, uncovered here. There is a large extractor fan that's already set up in the wall, so it is quite well ventilated. And after about two or three minutes of you having taken in the scene and thinking, yeah, this, this is where I can set things up over here, over here, PowerPoint's there, there and there. Um, a couple of workmen uh, start to squeeze this large box through the quite large door that leads into the room. Um, it's a six foot by six foot by six foot crate. Wow. And they uh, they go look at you with a typical kind of workman's shrug. There's, uh, where do you want the, uh, the viral thingy? Let's put it over here. Do you know what size the front? So that when we open it up, we can see. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's this one. Um, he spins All the right. thing around, and there's this side up written upside down on one side. That, that works good. But keep it keep it away from the wall because I want to be able to get around it. All right, that that works. That's fine. Just right there. Um, uh, do you help me unpack it, or he kind of gives you a sort of dumb stare for a second and says, "I suppose, okay." Uh, the thing takes probably about ten minutes to unpack. All right. Um, inside oh. is this cube which just fits inside the crate. There's very little packing material around it. Um, it's a weird combination of glass pipes, of uh, cogs, wheels, uh, spheres, that various liquids would look as though they would pass through, all hmm. connected up to a central uh, panel on one side where there are a seri series of what look to be almost like petri dishes made of glass laid into a panel that have a small funnel at the bottom which opens up and then allows the fluid to then to leak into the device and go through its various process. <laughs> at the far end of the panel there are three brass dials, um, each numbered one through zero, um, or zero through uh, ten. And these then produce um, a, num a number presumably between one and, uh, one and a thousand or zero and one thousand. And the, uh, the guy, when he's putting aside the rest of the crate, um, pulls up a package from around the back and says, uh, here's, the, uh, here's the manual for this thing. You'll certainly uh, get some energy lifting this thing. Ah. He, he produces a box which is about probably three foot tall, and inside are a number of volumes at least a thousand pages long. <laughs> Very densely packed script that must have taken someone a good couple of years to type out by typewriter. Ah, I'm sorry, but this is like Christmas Day for me. Thank he's, you. He stares at you again with this kind of look of disbelief and goes, all right, I guess it's all right for some then. Need any help? Just scream. Thank you very much for your assistance. Get the fuck out of my office. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't need to be told twice. He heads off. All right. So that, that'll well, keep you busy for a while. <laughs> yeah, maybe a couple hours. <laughs> <laughs>
Remember, photographic memory. There, isn't it? All right. <laughs> right we'll, move, we'll move around to the angel. So, having had a good night, uh, uninterrupted night's sleep, everything's fairly calm around your area. Uh, what is the angel up to? I've just walked to my kitchen and opened the refrigerator and realized that my milk is no longer just milk, but some kind of curdled mass of stink and separated foul. And of course, because this is what everybody does, ugh, before putting it back on and throwing it away, looks like most of my groceries are shot. So I'm going to I just need to get my stuff back together. It's just a normal day for me. Mm-hmm. I really don't have a whole lot of a lot of anything going on. I guess I'll make myself a cup of coffee because that's that's nice. And I'll go sit on my balcony for a bit and just kind of look out over the over the sun rising up before I run to the store and get some groceries. Mm-hmm. I just okay. don't I don't feel very interesting if I'm not out. I'm just kind of living my life. Can a man just live his life when he's not saving the world? I, I say, I say yes. Yes, he can. Okay. So it's a nice, nice, quiet, relaxing day for yourself then. Yep, just errands. Or maybe, maybe cultivating a new civilization in the milk carton. Uh, it's already there. Ah. It smells <laughs> horrid. Oh, boy. Okay, uh, you can give me a luck roll then as you head down to uh, go get your groceries. Oh, okay. Right, so very lucky. Um, in which case, yeah, there's the normal, the normal folks which are down, uh, down at the store. It's again a normal day for the normal, um, the normal working folk. Um, just as you, as you are there, um, you hear the sort of thud of the newspaper, be, uh, the newspapers being delivered, oh. and a couple of them get uh, obviously the string gets uh, caught off, uh, snapped off the front, and they start, they start selling fairly quickly. And as presumably, if you if you pick one up, I will. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's normal, everyday news. There's nothing massively important happening in New York at this point in time. Um, but as you're scouring through some of the back pages, um, you do happen to notice one article that takes your interest. Um, it's almost just like a sidebar on foreign affairs, um, but it's a report that's come out from the North Borneo Charter Company. Um, that states that there's apparently um, an outbreak of a um, of a disease in North Borneo currently, and that there's various reports of quarantine areas being uh, being established. Um, that there's been involved with a, um, a survey team is currently um, trapped within the um, within the quarantine area, and that uh, the disturbance is thankfully under control. North Borneo. Hmm. Just fold it, fold it under, and continue my trek into the into the grocer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, say nice, nice, easygoing day. Um, plenty of fresh, uh, fresh uh, fruit and veg to take the place of the uh, the rotting uh, mess back at home. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. This is. This is my life. This is the life of uh, this is the life of the angel. We are. Uh, this is Tuesday. <laughs> so. Fair enough. Yeah. 
But yeah, otherwise you are, say, quite um, quite happily content and there's uh, no interruptions to your day otherwise, unless someone else wants to jump on you later. Oh. <laughs> right, next round, Connor. Well, I'm going to take the opportunity to uh, clean my guns, as I have a habit of doing. I try to do it every day, keep them in working condition. Um, I'm also going to take some get some practice in with this uh, fancy uh, fang whip that I picked up. Oh, yes. <laughs> right. Um, in which case, then, just to make sure that you've, uh, you can handle that thing, right? Give me a fighting brawl roll using the whip. A 38 is a pass. Okay, so not, not a botch. That's the, uh, that's the main yep. thing I'm looking for, to see if you accidentally hit the thing uh, hit yourself with it. Now it's even though it's exceptionally old, um, given that it was stored in an airtight environment and that it's made of fairly st uh, fairly stern stuff, um, it's not at risk not at risk of breaking when you use it. So it's yeah very very supple, very flexible, and the more you look at the barbs on the end uh, that run along the length of this bit, yeah this this, this would be pretty. You maybe don't think so much damaging, but really painful when this thing hit, when this thing hits someone. So as a as a damage inflicting weapon, not so great, but as something maybe as a torture device or as something that could um, potentially stun or um, incapacitate someone. Yeah, actually, it's pretty damn good. All right. Well, you know, if uh, history class at school was more like uh, more like this, I might have actually shown up. <laughs> After the first hit with this thing, yeah, you wouldn't have dared miss another clown. <laughs> um, and after after I get a few cracks of the whip down, I'm gonna go. Um, gonna go to the to the um, into the Irish pubs that I like to go to. See if there's any buzz, any job opportunities. Swing by the offices, see if there's any letters. Yeah. Um... The pubs are fair to say pretty much there's always someone there regardless of any, um, any time of day or night. Uh, give me a your choice of listen or luck. Well, since I have a 99 luck right now. I think I know what that was going to be. <laughs> That's a pass. 75. <laughs> so not that one in 100 chance of fail. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, as you're uh, taking ambience, chatting with a few people, getting a few drinks and uh, passing the time of day. Um, yeah, the only real bit of news that catches uh, catches your ear that sounds of um, of interest is that there seems to be um, a little recruitment drive, as it seems. Um, a few people have been saying, "Oh, we've got a few. Uh, there's a few jobs at Red Hook Docks going. Uh, various people down there in the warehouses are employing. If you're looking for any." For any work or an excuse to uh, kind of beat the shit out of someone, uh, if you want to take it out of work, then there's probably some work down there for you. Yeah, it just seems like there seems to be a um, a increase of jobs going down at Red Hook. I have to go go pay a visit to the docks, see what's going on. Mm -hmm. And otherwise, back at the office again, business as usual. There's there's not anything that's fla uh, flagged up there has been any um, been any issue, so they are uh, they are quite content. Admittedly, uh, the uh, the boss thinking, yeah, could uh, do some more work. Work means money after all. 
Yep, so yeah, I'm going to mosey on over to, uh, to Red Hook. Okay. Yeah, it probably takes you uh, a little while to get over there, not, uh, not an inordinate amount of time. Um, it's a bustling hive of activity down there. Um, there's a lot, a lot of warehouses down that way, and it just seems to be, it's almost like watching um, beehives that someone has just recently sh shaken up. Um, people are everywhere. Um, there are boxes moving in and out of warehouses. There's trucks pulling up. There's other lorries pulling away with uh, full of goods. Um, there's various cargo ships which are pulled up at the docks and there's cranes uh, bringing stuff in and out. It's all but just a hive of activity. There's nothing that really just stands out as being unusual or suspicious. But yeah, there's definitely... Definitely a lot of people here. For the um, for the eras, this is still in the um, in the depression. It's unusual to see so many people working. It's probably the only odd thing. Mm -hmm. In fact, there's there's definitely there's uh, there's like a foreman's or um, an office that's on the security and the security gate. So you have to go through um, you have to go through a security checkpoint to get into the main part of the uh, warehouse complex, but. Given there are so many people here, you can just see people walking in and out. It seems that they're having a bit of trouble keeping on top of the number, um, keep dealing with the large volume of numbers going through here. But there is a queue of people going up to that, uh, going up to that booth. And if you pass by within earshot, you can hear they're they're pretty much all here for jobs. So they've been sold. Well, saw the uh, saw the advert in the paper. Uh, heard this. Uh, uh, there was recruitment going on here that various people are looking for either security or dock hands. Um, where do I go? And they're just all being told, go this direction, you know, go down to that warehouse here, take a left. Yeah, it's just a hive of activity. Hmm. This is very, in yeah, very intriguing. I've never seen... Uh... Yeah, I wonder what they're... wonder what they're doing to get so much... Uh business going mm. so I want to go ask about a security job at the front um, okay yeah you probably wait in the queue admitted the queue does move very slowly um, you're probably there for a couple of hours and finally get to the uh, the guy behind the security booth looks like he's been put through the ringer he's been here for a good a few hours longer than yourself saying the same thing, doing the same job, and the same info out. Um, he looks up at you, says, yeah, what do you want? Yeah, I've heard, um, well, I'm sure you've heard this same old story about 90 times today, but there's he rolls a lot his of eyes. work about. Yeah, yeah, a few, uh, a few of the guys, or a few of the businesses down here are hiring. Um, anyone in particular you're after? Uh, security. Oh yeah, plenty, plenty of security jobs down here. Um, he reels off a list of about three or four different warehouses and says, uh, "Any of those down there? Um, currently, go go through the front, uh, go through the front door up to the office. You'll find that there's probably a whole line of people outside waiting. But yeah, go knock yourself out." All right. Any um, you know, with such a downturn going on, just surprised that so many people here are able to hire. Oh, seems like someone's going to a bit of a run of money recently, or they're uh, definitely wanting to keep uh, wanting to keep a close eye on the stock that's passing through here. 
you know we've had uh, a few incidents in the past where stocks being left in the warehouse overnight some light fingered little light comes along and tries to uh, tries to steal a whole load of stuff yeah i think people are getting it just a little bit more a uh, little bit more paranoid perhaps and hey, it's, it's putting money back in the economy so can't complain yeah definitely hey take care of yourself don't work too yeah. hard i'll try not to he sighs and uh, gestures to the door for you all right so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go through, but I kind of kind of meander towards where those jobs were. But I'm more interested in trying to find out what people are actually what's being hauled in here. Mm. Okay, um, give me a spot hidden roll. Uh, Forty-one is a pass. Yeah, reg regular success. Regular success. Okay. Yeah, you, you can see from as you start getting a bit further into the warehouse complex. Yeah, there is definitely heightened security around here. Um, a lot of the warehouses tend to have someone that stood by a door or uh, loitering in a um, one of the alleyways that goes down the side of each of the buildings. But yeah, there's, there is definitely a security presence here. Um, otherwise, looking at what's coming in through the through the docks, kind of catching sight of any stamp marks on crates going out on the, uh, the flatbed lorries. There's a whole range of stuff, uh, machine parts, um, cotton, food goods. It seems this, as a port, it all depends on what businesses are bringing stuff through here. So there's a lot of import-export coming out. It's a whole, a whole range of um, goods. There's no one single thing that stands out to say, oh, they've got more like cloth or more cotton coming through here than anything else. Right, but there just seems to be like a lot of security, like every warehouse most of them not everyone but yeah there's there's a couple of the warehouses here which you can see are blatantly empty so they've got no um, they've got no security on them at all but otherwise yeah there's pretty much guards on almost all of the warehouses around here but all different companies as well so it's again no real common denominator not even wearing the same uniforms just yeah people are being a bit more protective of their interests it seems Hmm. Would I know of any, any of any underworld contacts that would operate in this area? Just trying to see what's all the who's been pulling jobs here lately. Oh, you can you can give me a luck roll <laughs> just in case you don't do roll double zero. Forty one is a hard pass on luck. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know that there is definitely um, interest from organized crime around here. Um, again, this all comes back to um, the likes of the Bonanno uh, family, uh, the crime family, as they're looking at uh, various uh, illicit substances that may be coming into, the, um, coming into the country and coming specifically through the city. Um, no one really seems to uh, want to mess with them because they've got something called self-preservation instinct. But yeah, that's, that's about the only, the only group that you think would be interested in this area. And anyone that's wanting to go up against them, like I say, has probably a death wish. Right. But I mean, it's a safe assumption that they're moving some molested cargo through the stock. Almost certainly. It has to get into the country somehow, and the docks yep. are the easiest way to build them in. Um, they'll be hidden, very well hidden then um, in a lot of the crates coming through here. Again, it won't be obvious what, how it's Right. Been. So I'm going to go, I'm going to leave, and I'm going to go kind of hunt around their um like the restaurant we were at the other day at other places i want to try to find that little runner that i caught the other day 
Ah, okay. I want to go look for him because I know he's he's a bit of an easy mark. But <laughs> okay, that that'll take a bit of time, so we'll cycle back cycle back round to you a bit. Okay, come to Gerhard. All right, so first I want to check out this um, antique bookstore that I've heard about but never got to visit since it's my first time to New York. Oh, yeah. Uh, poke about there, see if I can find anything special. But I also want to pick up books to learn French, Spanish, and Chinese while I'm there. Nice. Yeah. Well, the, the little store, um, the antique bookstore is, say, open for this time of day. It seems to be pretty much open when, uh, whenever you go past it, apart from like, late night. The guy who runs it evidently um, keeps some very, uh, very friendly hours to his uh, clientele that might be playing hell with his social life. Yeah, the, the guy inside is a man in his, you think maybe late 40s, early 50s. Bit, bit hard to tell. Uh, silvering streaks in his hair. Always dresses uh, very finely, so nice, uh, nice suit. Um, tweeds and uh, nice waistcoat. Uh, you, know, you know him by the name of Lester Goodman. Okay. Um, he smiles as you, uh, as you enter. Uh, so, oh, well, welcome to... Uh, Fifth Street Antiques, how can I help? Hey, uh, I'm looking for anything. Well, I tell them about the French, Spanish, and uh, Chinese uh, learning books so I can get that out of the way first. And then I ask them, I'm looking for anything obscure, unique, something you don't even know what the book's about. Written wow. in strange, strange languages, magic, if they, if you know. And I kind of give them a wink. Hey, he smiles, uh, uh, raises one eyebrow in a kind of, I'm not quite sure what you're asking for, uh, kind of look. Um, we do have a few books, uh, mostly antiquarian, as, uh, <laughs> as befitting of the store. Um, so they won't be uh, like the most recent texts on... Oh, exactly. The older, the better. The more obscure, the better. Oh, okay, okay. Well, um... Let me think. Can I uh, fit the bill? I mean, we've got a, a couple of maybe dictionaries and um, other uh, translation uh, volumes down uh, downstairs. I can I can have a look for you. Um, can have a look and see if you uh, if that fits the bill, maybe. Yeah, well, I'll take those and then just anything that strikes your fancy that's just off the wall. Off the wall. Uh, okay, give, give me a few moments and I'll come back. So most, most of the books we don't really keep out on uh, the shelves down here, but mostly they come in through uh, house clearances. But I'm sure I'll have something downstairs. Excellent. Uh, he potters off. Um, you can see he goes through a side door and then you can hear steps going down. Otherwise, yep, it's a nice, nice place he's got here. It's uh, lots of antique furniture, all very high quality, nicely polished surfaces. A few of glass bowls with some you know, plastic fruit for display, uh, some nice chandeliers hanging from the ceiling. Seems like a lot, a lot of even the uh, ceiling space has got various lamps hanging from it that are all on display. So he's utilizing a lot of the space fairly well here. Otherwise, the, going deeper into the store, it looks a bit more cramped. There's uh, got aisles that go between larger pieces of furniture like cupboards and wardrobes and, and the like. Um, you can see there's a couple of people um, milling around at the back. 
um, looking at various pieces. But uh, it's generally, it's almost got almost like a library atmosphere here that people are very, very quiet and uh, don't want to disturb anyone else. But yeah, it's, nice, it's a nice, nice little shop he's got here. Nice. While he's downstairs, I'll just take a quick look around, see if anything catches my eye. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there's there's a lovely, what looks to be almost like an oil burner uh, that's hanging from the ceiling. Um, looks almost like glass, but then when the light hits it in a certain way, um, this shower of colour just goes all across the walls, um, almost like a spectrum of the rainbow. But yeah, it's a very nice piece. Ev ev evidently can't be glass because glass doesn't do that. It's probably more very finely cut crystal. Right. I'll, yeah, uh, there's, there's a couple of pieces like that. Is that hanging up or can I grab it to take a look? Oh yeah, it's, it's, it's very much hanging from the ceiling, but you can you can already reach up and touch the bottom of it from, uh, from where you are. I'll take a look, see if there's any maker's marks or any insignia. It doesn't look to be. No, there's some nice look, filigree artwork that's been uh, kind of etched into the um, into it, almost resembling waves or maybe an ocean wave, perhaps. Yeah, you know, there's some very delicate artwork in there. It's, very, it's exquisite craftsmanship. When he comes back, I'll ask him uh, if he knows the story about it, how much it would be. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, he comes back with a stack of about five different books. Um, which he puts down on the uh, on the counter in front of him. He says, oh yeah, that, yes, yes. Uh, um, an oil burning lamp, um, I'm told. Uh, almost like a, uh, yeah, I'm not sure what the word is for it now. Uh, the, the fellow who brought it in did say, but I can't remember for what I could mean. Anyway, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an oil lamp, sir, yes. Uh, runs on regular, um, regular oil, as you can see the couple of wicks that come out here, here and here. And provides a lovely amount of light. When I when I tested it, it uh, really brings really brings the room together. It really light lights up everything wonderfully. Nice. If you could fetch it down for me, I'm interested in that. And oh, while sure, he's sure. doing that, I want to take a look at the five books that he brought. Okay. Yeah, there's books on basically dictionaries of the language of the languages you've uh, mentioned, and then the last one right at the bottom um, is the spines unmarked. The front cover's not marked. It's it's a vaguely it looks like old leather, and very old leather. Um, no real markings on it. It's got a hub spine. Um, it shows its age. It's it's in okay condition. You wouldn't want to uh, be casually flicking through it. This is the kind of thing you'd really want to delicately open. Right. Um, but yeah, no title on it anywhere. No markings on the outside. Well, I'm already intrigued. So I believe I'll take, you know I'll negotiate with him for the five books and the oil lamp. Okay. Do you want to give me a credit rating roll? Oh, three out of 35. Oh, he likes you. <laughs> <laughs> so he's saying, yeah, I think if you want to do a bulk buy on the books, we can sure definitely can come to an arrangement with that. And the lamp, as you've taken interest in it, and you're one of the first people to do so, I'm, I'm happy for it, um, for it to go at a reasonable price. So he basically comes to uh, what you would consider to be a, a bargain okay a real almost you're almost like ripping his arm off <laughs> taking, <laughs> the, uh, taking it at this kind of price and but, I yeah, tell, oh sorry i tell him that i will be back i do travel i'm from germany but i'm in and out of new york now quite a lot 
anything like the bottom book you brought up or something that you've never seen the language you know there's some from the middle uh, medieval times they would write all these crazy manuscripts anything you get like that hold on to it more than likely i'll be interested in it we could work out a good price i will keep them flowing as long as you can get the books i will be taking them just be fair with me and i'll be I, and i will always come back here Perfect. Yeah, his his smile almost goes from ear to ear. Um, so that that works fine with me. Uh, we occasionally get some odd stuff come through here, so if you're looking for odd, I can supply you with odd. That is not a problem. The second thing I want to do, well, I have two other things, but both of them are back at Caduceus headquarters. I wanted to check in and see if they were able to fill my request about any protection type items or magic, and then. The other thing I want to do is spend time with the queen. Okay. Well, um, obviously you head back to Caduceus then. Um, Jane mentions as you check in that one of your friends is downstairs, if that's, uh, if that's who you're looking for. Uh, who, which one? Odd or Angel? Yeah, or? Uh, yeah the old one. That's it. I'll He's catch up I'll, I'll ring through to um, Shapiro and let him know. Um, I think he's got a couple of meetings uh, planned for later on. Uh, he's rolling in from one this afternoon. Um, if you are actually, if you are going down to see Odd for, uh, for a little bit, I can always send one of the runners downstairs to, uh, to tell you when uh, when he's uh, when Shapiro is free and that you can see him. Excellent. So I'd head down there, uh, take out a pair of my gloves, and you know, go in, introduce him, and then start looking. <coughs> some, if there's a desk, sit at it and leaf through that new book. See if there's anything interesting. Gotcha. Hey, uh, ah, look what I got. What's that? Crazy old book. I have no clue what it is, but I'll going to dig deep into it now. Here, we'll trade books. I'll read your little itty bitty teeny tiny book, and you can read this. This is my 23,723 page manual. Unless it's going to teach me to speak a new language or cast a spell, no. <laughs> If it was that simple to teach people what you call magic, don't you think everybody would know it by now? Of course. What's that little trinket you got there? Oh, here, take a look at this. I picked it up at the bookstore. It's an oil lamp, but uh, I don't know. It caught my eye. looked interesting. Figured What's it made out of? So I was hoping you might be able to tell me. Well, I'd say crystal first thing, like Waterford crystal, but it doesn't look like it's got any kind of mark on it. I got it for a steal, so. No? Hold on. Let's take a look. Can I identify it, the material? Uh, give me a... It'll be definitely science. Um, I think geology, because that would be at least but, um, recognizing various natural materials. Do I have geology? I don't have geology, but I got chemistry. Close, to that, at least related. So yeah, I'd ask for a hard success. I can't identify. I got an eighty-five. Okay, great. Yeah, in fact, this this hmm. thing, it's crystal of some kind, but the way it refracts, the way that say light passes through it, and it's the general, yeah, the general construction yeah. of the thing, it this is, you can't put your finger on. This is the refraction index is way off from what I'd expect from. Uh, Something like glass or crystal, diamond maybe. I don't know. Uh, 
anyway, uh, it's really pretty. It's unique. That's what caught my eye. So, um, kind of busy right now. I can't really, I can't really analyze it. But maybe you don't need to analyze. It's pretty. It, it might be something. It's got some interesting optical features. We'll figure it out. I plan to dig into this book for a couple hours. I see you're um, busy with your stack. Yeah. Um, uh, is by chance the does the crystal remind me in any way of the sample crystal that I got uh, from the the serpent's eye, as far as no, material? No, that that's a very different construction. In it's fact, the different. closest you think of is that actually this thing is closer to diamond than it is yeah. to any other crystal. Yeah, I mean it sparkles and and reflects the light like diamond. Hey, maybe you got yourself a diamond lamp there. That would be amazing. I I wouldn't burn any oil in it though, unless yeah. I mean, we kind of got electricity nowadays, but it's really pretty. Um, Gerhard, as you said, you're looking through your uh, curious little book. Uh, do you want to give me a read English roll? Oh, okay. Uh, would that just be English? It would be me, right? Yeah, I, I thought, yeah. Is Gerhard looking at the curious little book or is Odd looking at it? Oh, I was just kind of joking. Yeah, I, look, I was joking about your little book, so I guess Gerhard's got it. 20, yeah, it. 23 out of 75. Okay, yeah. This, this is difficult to, um, difficult to read through. It's very cramped script. A lot of it would be what we would call nowadays like black letter script. It's very gothic, um, all, almost certainly handwritten. This this hasn't really been printed. Um, it looks like the title page is missing, um, but you do catch that there is uh, one section in there which is almost like a, a preface by the um, by the author, and it's signed uh, Theosophus Wren. And the, the rest of the book, as far as you can tell from there is a almost encyclopedia um, it reads a little bit like a, t um, a book you'd be familiar with by the likes of um, Colin de Plancy called the Dictionary Infernal but it seems to be a, a dictionary or in, an encyclopedia of witchcraft witch practices and also creatures that they would summon um, they does seem to be some fairly interesting material and discussion about how all that was deep discussion into the kind of things that witches did and the exact net, uh, nature of practices that they performed. They could resemble spells. Excellent. Adi, you never believe it. This is like a, an encyclopedia of witchcraft and summoned creatures. Now, probably three quarters of it is uh, uh, Bullshit, but um, you never know. A little gem might be hidden in here. Well, I'd say that we both got Christmas today then, huh? Absolutely. Christmas in March. Yeah. Well, nine months to go. Let's see if we put the icing on the cake for it for Gerhard then, because you asked about um, anything protected. Uh, give right. me a luck roll. <laughs> Eighteen out of fifty. Okay, looks like it might be then. <laughs> um, 
one of the runners, as promised, comes down to collect you. Uh, God just makes his apologies for disturbing odd and having um, going through the going through the manual and going through the the inner workings of the analyzer. It says to uh, Gerhard, "Yeah, uh, Mr. Shapiro is ready for you upstairs when you're uh, when you're free to head up." Oh, right now is perfect. Thank you. Adi, I'll be back in a few moments. All right. If not, I'll see you at home. Copy that. And back up on the eighth floor, uh, he meets with you. He's got this fairly large box, which uh, evidently covered in dust, hasn't been moved in a long time. Um, so obviously, to sit down, says, "Well, we've had a look through the uh, through the stores. Um, when it comes to protective equipment, um, this I think is probably your best bet. I mean, we've we've tried to get this thing to work perfectly before, but it hasn't worked." On, on us because we're fairly sure it wasn't built for us if you, if you get my drift. Um, but this might help. Um, it certainly seems to have uh, provided a, a certain degree of protection when we've uh, when we've trialled it. But yeah, if, if you're if you're willing to have a look and give it a go, then by all means we can uh, sign this out for you for a while. Absolutely. So I grab the box, <coughs> push out the dust, and and open the box. Okay. Um, when you open it up, you think for a second that maybe he's given you the wrong box, because all it seems to be when uh, when you open it up is this confused, mangled mesh of maybe it looks like wires, maybe it looks like webbing, maybe it looks like uh, pieces of string holding the thing together. It looks. It doesn't look like any kind of armor or protective clothing you've, as you would know it. Um, but Shapiro probably sees the glance and kind of nods with a smile and says, I, "I said it wasn't made for us, but you can you can just about uh, clamber inside the thing." Um, he helps you um, pull it out of the box and hold the thing up. This was built for something that was probably slightly bigger than a man, or at least a human being. Um, and it's this complicated, very well, sticky in places web that there are a couple of entry points that you think you could potentially get into it through and Shapiro says yeah this, this thing when you put it on you will start to tighten up and will uh, will almost cocoon you so uh, we recommend putting this on probably before you uh, put clothing over the top of it otherwise you're going to ruin your clothes also that it's going to be rather weird in the meeting you have having this thing on show but yeah, it, it provides this uh, almost biological enhancement, um, but it will uh, toughen up the skin. It will provide a, a good degree of uh, good degree of protection for you. But it is uh, it is painful getting the thing off. I will say from ex from experience. Good to know. Good for the heads up. And uh, is it something that could be worn that should be put on and left on for extended periods or? Uh, you, you can certainly wear it for um, for a while. Um, I wouldn't recommend prolonged use. Probably no more than probably a couple of days at a time. Okay. Um, but you then may want when when you take it off, you'll probably want to let your skin recover um, oh. a little while afterwards. Got it. So it's that brutal. All right. Well, I thank you, and I will um, see what I can do with this. I very much. I stand up and shake his hand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, again, shakes and says, "Yeah, I hope you um, hope you have some luck with it." 
put it back in the box. Put the how big is the box? Uh, probably small suitcase. Okay. So and then I head back down to Adi's uh, work uh, bench. Gotcha. Okay. Um, we will roll back on round to Connor. Uh, do you want to give me a spot hidden roll? Uh, Fifty-two is a pass. Okay. Yep. In which case, as you go back to the uh, the restaurant, which is in an opposite uh, his headquarters, uh, you do in fact see a uh, slightly uh, not so honest businessman um, stalker outside uh, outside the door. All right. Well, I'm gonna kind of walk up to him. Okay. Uh, he, he gulps as he sees you coming, and you can see he evidently uh, you put the fear of you into him by being there. Uh, he's, uh, he kind of stutters a little bit and says, Oh, hello, hello, hello there. What, what, what can I do for you? I was wondering if you could answer a couple of questions. You see, I'm, I'm a man that really likes work, but I find it a little odd when, when there's too much work, if, if that makes sense. I was... Uh, Seeing all the activity down at a Red Hook, and well, I know that uh, such business establishments like yourself do a lot of business through there, and I'm just trying to figure out why, you know, what's all the bustle about? Oh, okay, okay. Um, I hadn't really heard of anything happening down that way. Um, I know that uh, various uh, legitimate businesses, he nods uh, quite pointedly, um, that yeah, they uh. They have interests in that neck of the woods, um, but I haven't. I haven't heard anything, at least from my uh, from my lowly position down here in the gutter. I haven't really picked up anything, uh, anything big through the grapevine, and I, I can potentially put out some feelers if if you want, maybe. Yeah, they just really. I mean, they they stepped up a lot of security down there, and I figure that if anybody would know why people are stepping up security while legitimate businesses are concerned about that it would be of course your fine group of folk yeah yeah you go, you go nods again yeah this is um this, this might be some, something that my uh, my friends and so associates might be might be interested in especially around that neck of the woods so uh yeah i'll um, i'll put out some feelers see if anyone's heard anything and um well i'm you know where to find me. Kind of gestures towards the uh, the restaurant. Yeah, of um, course. And... Swing by here any lunchtime. I'm usually around. I'll see if I've, I'll see if I can find anything. Just, uh, yeah, it's what uh, yeah, what just... friends do. We we look out for each other, don't we? That's right. You're a good friend, aren't you? Yeah, so I'd like to be a very good friend. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. He, definitely, he definitely smiles and perks up and says, uh, "Yeah, so I'll probably I'll catch up with you hopefully maybe a couple of days." See if, but, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll check back if I'm in town. But look, I mean, if somebody's putting some pressure on some local business, and it isn't you guys, I mean, I'm sure, uh, you know, some people would like to know about that. Yeah, Just looking yeah, out sure. for you, friend. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely, friend. <laughs> but I'll, I'll see what I can find out. And then he, yeah, I'll go catch you later. Yeah, take care of yourself. So yeah, he, head, he heads back inside. 
Alright, well, uh, Ulster, I'll see who's kicking around uh, Caduceus. Well, um, pretty much a rinse and repeat of uh, Gerhard's entry that uh, Jane on the front desk uh, directs you to say that hey, they've got a couple of your guys uh, downstairs. There you go. Go pop in. Mm-hmm. So there's Gerhard reading through this very old-looking book. Um, odd looking through a, a very much larger book with this uh, crazy piece of machinery that he's got there. Wow, I didn't realize that you two led such uninteresting lives. You Roll think this is uninteresting? You think this thing here is uninteresting? I think that's the very definition of uninteresting. Isn't that right, Gerald? You're good with languages. Isn't that the definition of an, of an uninteresting? Look, there's a whole section here on voluminous lubricity that is absolutely fascinating, and I uh-huh. can't wait. Uh-huh. I can't wait to... Never mind. It's not that interesting. Um, Listen, Colleen, I'm learning French, Spanish, and Chinese this week. Uh, I mean, we're going to be traveling. I'm going to be your interpreter, so, you know... He's you hoping for mustache? France. I didn't hear that. You named your mustache Colleen? That's a terrible name for a mustache. You are a naughty, naughty boy. I, I, I think that what he's saying is that he's going to continue to call you Colleen as long as you call him Cherry or whatever you've been calling him. Personally, I think it's a very infantile argument between the two of you, and you should just stop it. Argument. Where the hell's Angel? I haven't, I haven't seen Angel today. What the hell's he up to? I I would actually kind of like him to check something out for me. And I tapped the I tapped the suitcase on the desk. Just look under the nearest tree. He's probably sitting under a tree soaking sipping some tea or some shit like that. I don't know. Last I think I think I might have caught him out of the corner of my eye. Um, I think he was like grocery shopping. I'm not grocery shopping. <laughs> And on that note, can I have a spot hidden roll from everyone, please? A 30 is a hard success. I failed that. Uh, uh, I, I passed it by two points. Which is regular. Right. For Connor, then, what is your spot hidden score? 61. Okay. You, out of the corner of your eye, notice, uh, notice a movement in the um, in the corner of the room, or perhaps just a little bit round behind Odd, as this hand starts to um, crawl round the side of the analyzer, and then with one finger, do you want to describe uh, what you do? So yeah, with my serpent hand, the one that's all scaled and most snake-like, I very softly and slowly move right along Adi's shoulder from behind him. So as he looks over, all he sees is this reptilian snake-like hand starting to grab hold of him. Jesus Christ! (laughs) Ah, fuck. (laughs) Ah, there he is. Tyler, you've been here all along? How long have you been here? Oh, just a few minutes. I had some stuff to take care of. Oh, so you've you've heard that uh, that Jared that you know Gerald named his mustache. Oh, Gerhard's there. Oh. What do you name it? Uh, Carolyn or something. Huh. Gentlemen, gentlemen, Angel, perfect. Hmm? I might 
need your assistance in something. And I go, uh, guys, check this out. I walk over and I open the uh, suitcase and I pull out this webbed, stringy, antiquated looking thing. Um, this is some sort of armor for me. Wow. Yeah, I know. It looks like my granny's... Uh, Where's the rest of it? Yeah. It will attach itself to my skin and protect me. But I was hoping maybe you can, uh, I don't know, get a little handle on where it came from, possibly? Yeah. Yeah. I've got nothing going. It's been a pretty dull morning so far. I did bring the paper. I'll grab that here in just a second. While I'm doing that, you guys want to check this out, this... Uh, this Borneo thing. Everybody's getting sick over there. Borneo? Yeah. It's a little uh, island off the coast of Madagascar, uh, off the coast of Africa. So it's off the coast of off the coast of off the coast. All right. Um, hmm. Weird, huh? Anyway. I suppose there's all kinds of diseases going on in that part of the world. Yeah, but it seemed like, a, I mean, if there's so many diseases, you don't think it would make the newspaper, though, right? Uh, that's true. If it's common, you know. They don't really put stories on an everything is okay page. You know, this this thing here, the uh, mechanical wonder, I don't know what I'm going to call it. I'll call it something eventually, but mm -hmm. I'm going to call it what this guy called it because it's Neat. ridiculous. Yeah, apparently it's a, it's it's designed to analyze um, uh, the the substances within substances. So it it should tell us what kind of disease it is if we were to have a sample, for instance. Apparently it's broken because it's showing that there's anthrax in the water. Well, are unless, you sure there isn't anthrax unless, in the water? Yeah, unless have there isn't anthrax. I'd like to, I, I'm going to have to do my own experiments, but I got to read this whole manual first. Is there a switch? I don't want you touching my machine. I'm not going to touch your machine, Adi. Jesus. I don't know. Honest to God, I don't know. There's a lot of switches. It's a lot of tubes, a lot of light things, a lot of... Got to understand how it works before I go flipping a switch. There is a big red button near the, uh, near the three brass wheels that looks to be the main on-off switch. That looks important right there, Adi. Yeah, shh. Where'd that voice come from? <laughs> don't look. No, don't look at the red button. It's just, it almost asks you to push it, though. I know, but 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 maybe it's asking you not to push it. I'm going to break your finger if you touch that button. <laughs> oh, what the hell? I hit the button. Okay, um, you, you push it. A couple of wheels, uh, wheel, wheel, uh, wheels and gears start turning that you can see on the outer, uh, outer surface of the interior content. And the Petri dishes all sink slightly into position, opening up the, um, the funnel at the bottom. That makes um, sense. Unless you put liquid in them. Uh, if you put anything inside that you'd use as like a control substance. Spit in it, Adi. No, no, no. You, you probably have alcohol on you, don't you? Got it. Yeah, just a little. Let's let's put some in there and see what it comes up with. Okay. Um, you put them in one of the uh, the ten trays. It gulps it down. Then the trays each, once they're empty, rise back up into position. Uh, you can see the liquid start to 
to ride around and start to shoot down various pipes on the in the interior. And oops, quick roll. Um, about six minutes later, so it's a little wait. Um, you can see the dials start to turn. Um, there's going to glug 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 click, and it comes up with a a row of three numbers. Oh, what odds were uh, been looking through the manual could be corresponding to a reference in the big list of things to say this is what you've got. Right. All right. What are the three numbers? Uh, three, three, four. Three, three, four. Let's look that up. But now if you to put the numbers in the correct order. Photographic right, memory's not worth a shit, is it? That's not time to get through that many. <laughs> I'm going to spray yeah. acid in your face if you don't <laughs> shut up. All right. Um, it says Pre that the, the sample that's been provided is infected with the flu. How you feel? Do you have the flu? No, I don't have the flu. Something is, something is off on the calibration here because it's obviously picking up some strange... Adi, at some point, we should put a drop of that poison. I took a vial and you have a vial. We can get that tested and see how potent it really is. Well, let's do that after we fix the machine. Otherwise, right, right. it's going to tell us it's infected with cholera or something like uh, that. Speaking of venomous things, uh, Jared, Gerald, have you uh, checked up on your girlfriend today? I was going to go up and speak with her after I figured out what this is. And I hold up my... Uh... Oh, yeah. You got a girlfriend? Yeah, and I remember we like went down a hole in uh, Bolivia. She was wrapped oh, up and so stuff. talking about the queen. She's way out of your league, dude. All right, so most likely it's got to be that uh, my guess is that the guy who did the manual got it wrong. So we're going to figure this out from the scratch. Maybe the things need to be sterilized and recalibrated. Well, I, yeah, I thought of that. It probably all needs to be sterilized. Gerhard, hand me your thing. We'll get, I can get started on that while we're in here. It's actually nice to be doing this in a place where I don't have to worry about somebody killing me. Very well, I don't know. I, that, kind of a pleasant That snake change. hand of yours makes me incredibly nervous. Yeah. yeah. That's all right. I think you can hold your shit together for a minute. Oh. It's a 12 on the psychometry, so that is extreme. Okay. Oh, wait, is he doing the magical thing with his fingers? Yeah, yeah. Ah. <laughs> the magical thing with my fingers. Two plus. Stand by. So we can introduce you from now on. This is Angel. He has this magical fingers he can do things with. Right. Make you real popular. I'll grab. It was a six magic, uh, six magic cost on that one. Okay. And I grab hold and off we go. So it's the uh, the anal the analyzer you're touching, yes? Uh, no, or... the uh, the the very strappy dress that Gerhardt is uh, providing. Oh, all that right? Okay. Um, yeah, you can give me a sound check. Sorry. Yeah, this is gonna. <laughs> the last word did it fare so well. <laughs> uh, Twenty nine on ninety eight. Okay, 
Right, um, thankfully then it's zero. Uh, but you think for a second that you're maybe tripping out, that you're seeing something that can't possibly be real. Uh, it's very dimly lit, the scene that you, uh, the scene that you find. It feels almost like a, a mine shaft, or definitely underground, um, but a tunnel cut through rock, and that something is clawing its way across the ground. Um, you catch sight of what maybe almost look like crab-like pincers, um, insectoid legs, and these membranous wings, um, at which the center of it is this glowing mass of small, almost like feelers. I don't, don't want to use the word tentacle because they're not too, they're not too long, but these massive feelers, almost like a, a sea anemone, um, glowing in different colors, and this web is surrounding it. Um, but as it's clawing its way along, it just eventually comes to us, uh, comes to a stop, and then slumps to the ground, almost disintegrating and caving in on itself. And the only thing that's left is this is this web that was around, that was subsequent, that was previously surrounding its body. And then you get an impression the time has passed, and then people you can really see human hands picking this thing up, and there's discussion of what is it. I don't know, and there's this perplexed, perplexed look. But yeah, this thing, this thing was around something that was not human. I pass all that on to you guys. I, I don't know if I'd put that on, Gerhard. That's yeah. I mean, if that little uh, crustacean creature, I mean, died with it on. I mean, I don't it, know if it's going to do Gerald any good. It came directly from Shapiro. So, okay, I think Angel's fucking with us. That's just the silliest thing I ever heard. Slip into it. Slip, slip it on, Adi. Well, I'm not saying that I want to try it on without analyzing and testing it first, but Here, look, a giant I'll, crab. I'll, accessories. I don't I'll know. try it on. I'll now you're telling me a little. giant crab is is is. It had wings, so I don't think it was a crab. A wing, a crab wing, a wing. Oh, well, I, I need to disrobe to put it on. So, oh. yeah, it's not like we haven't seen you naked before. Right. I'll just go behind this uh, filing cabinet, and then <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, where I we... keep all my cameras. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll try it on. I really thought he was going to go behind the the machine over the there. Mach that's all made of glass. That's <laughs> you're like, well, that's useless. No, Gerhard. Always thinking. This is a good one. Modesty. There's no room for modesty in this world anymore. No. I don't know if I want to drink any more of this now that it possibly has the flu in it. It doesn't have the flu in it. It's, it's... Well, the machine said it had the flu in it. Yeah, the machine said that the water had anthrax in it, too. And if it had anthrax, we'd all be dead. What if I do have the flu, Adi? And that it just picked it up because I already have a little bit of the... And I just haven't... Well, I, you know, if we're going to actually have this conversation, I think that um, it's very likely that the water might have had anthrax in it too, because it's like uh, something present in the air everywhere. It's just a matter the of alcohol uh, kill the flu. I don't know. It's a virus. Maybe the virus was on your lips, and then it was from the lips to the can to the. Maybe it never touched. I don't know. It tastes like flu. It's delicious. There. Oh, there. Behind the filing cabinet, uh, you manage to uh, slide into this thing. Um, it is 
a bit sticky to say the least. Um, and also as the more of it comes in contact with your skin, it starts to glow very slightly. Um, this almost luminous um, green material. Um, if you put clothes over the top of it, it will deaden the light, but otherwise it will actually provide you with a very small amount of illumination. But yeah, this thing clings to you once once you get it on. It's it's a little bit cumbersome moving around to begin with, but then as it shrinks in on you, it becomes a bit more a bit more flexible and a bit more maneuverable. So Gerhard, you didn't tell us what it's supposed to do, other than make you you glow green. It's supposed to protect me. I'm not exactly sure myself. They... Well, do you wanna do you wanna give you wanna try it out? Yeah. Uh, don't shoot me. Hey hey hey! I'm not gonna shoot you. And I'm just going to really quickly just crack him with the whip. Oh! oh okay, give me a uh, fighting brawl roll. I'm going to spend 12 points of luck because I don't want to bear it by myself. So I still hit him. Okay. And it's 11 points of luck. I'm going to move behind the uh, machine there just to watch from back there so I don't get accidentally whacked with the whip. Oh, snap. Okay, well, there is a need a snap of the whip. And it hits Gerhardt pretty much square in the chest. We just check on the damage. This is the part where we all die. <laughs> Connor kills everybody. <laughs> it's a matter anti-matter collision. Thank you for playing, everybody. Good night. <laughs> New York is gone. Right, one d three plus half of your damage bonus. To who? Oh, sorry. That's going to be four total. Okay. All right, this thing hits Gerhardt square in the chest. Um, you'd be having paid attention to this thing and had a good look over it. You would expect to see that as it scrapes. Um, away at skin, that it would leave a series of uh, fine rakes across the skin, drawing perhaps a little bit of blood in the process. Um, Gerhardt feels the impact, but that's it. Um, the damage does not penetrate the armor. My shirt's a little worse from wear, but I'm quite all right. Huh. Let's not repeat this test, but. Okay, I, I gotta know. take a closer I look I at know, this. Audie, isn't there something about you science folks have to do multiple tests to confirm? I, I got Ask Adi, I'm not a science folk. I gotta take a closer look. Some sort of, it's not a blade of armor of any kind. It's, it's the, is the fabric itself damaged in any way? The fabric of the stuff? The, are my the, clothes the damaged? Well, your clothes are damaged, but the underneath it seems this, this thing provides slightly raised, or so as it sat on top of your skin, um, it takes the brunt of the impact before anything um, reaches your, your skin itself. And even then, this luminous quality and that is covered in this sticky stuff has, as you look, uh, start looking down and poking at very bit, uh, various bits of bare skin, you can see has left this very thin layer of slime across your bare skin. And that layer, it, it, if you poke it enough and try to scrape it, it a bit of it comes off on your fingers. It's very tough. 
and that's what hasn't that's why it hasn't penetrated through to your bare skin. This is amazing. You, you definitely gonna have to analyze this one. Should get the machine working. Well, here, let me try something really quick. And I'm gonna put my hand on his shoulder and I'm gonna punch him in the chest. But not really hard. What I really wanna see is, do I feel the impact? You know, or is it somehow stopping the kinetic energy entirely? If you feel, if you punch, then you both feel the impact, just that Gerhardt takes no pain from it because it doesn't have a damaging effect. Um, it's from odd, that impact, it's almost as if you feel that your hand expands when it hits. It's the, the force of the impact is being one more widely distributed it's throughout distributed. the system. Fascinating. But I was told it's going to hurt when I take it off. Maybe not everything, but there's, you know, it's touchy subject when I take it off a little. Well, that's going to be a little awkward depending on how things go with your girlfriend. <laughs> I'd take it off. You don't know what that's going to do to you. Um, are we planning on doing anything today? Well, I don't know. We could go see a movie or something like that, but I don't think you need armor for that. We'll just leave it on for a little while, and then once we get back to the apartment, I'll just... All right, it. it's your willy. Could cause a steril... Could, could cause sterilization. You never know. He said three days, Max. Who? Three days, Max, for what? To wear, not to wear it longer than three, three days. What happens so after three days? Shapiro. Is his balls uh, fall it, off. It's pretty constrictive on my uh, my torso and extremities. All right. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I'm still reading this. Oh. Yeah. Monster manual. I was just going to go see if my picture was, if they found anything about my picture while I'm here. But. Oh. That Bonio thing's got me thinking, though. Yeah. I mean, we might be able to, if, if this thing actually starts to work, we might be able to do a lot of people good. Caduceus you know. is into foreign aid, is it not? Mm -hmm. Well, see, if we understand how the machine works, we can build more of them. We could install them in hospitals. They could analyze various diseases, whatever. One machine's not going to do it because what are they, everybody in the world's going to send us their samples of took six minutes for that to tell me that it was flu. Maybe it's just calibrated wrong. Play with it. All right, I'm done. Okay. Which is, I'll, uh, we'll go to Angel and then go back to Gerhardt going, uh, going upstairs to see the, uh, the other half. You, you guys know oh. he really hates us being in here, right? Uh -huh. He hates us being in his room and touching things. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run over to that machine before I walk out and I'm going to lick my finger and just touch it so that there's a dirty fingerprint several places on it. Then I'm going to walk out. <laughs> if looks could kill. <laughs> I'm going to prank him bad someday. There you go. Yeah, otherwise, then you're heading upstairs to go see Shapiro as well. So I'm, yeah, I'm going to go see... I'm going down to the research area and speak to um, Nicholas Moat. Oh, yes, yes. Yep. 
so you don't have to worry about him being in meetings. So <laughs> definitely, definitely a lower level. Right, uh, yeah, you find uh, you find him up there, um, from exactly where you left him. Um, he sort of waves through the uh, cigarette smoke as you come in. Says, "Ah, hello again. Was expecting you back uh, quite so soon." I was, you know, I was just downstairs. I figured I'd just swing by. Oh, okay. okay. No oh, we, we've, we've got a little bit of, uh, hopefully a little bit of something here for you. Um, we were a little bit thrown off when you said that you thought that the architecture in the background was maybe foreign. Um, so we were throwing our net a little wider. But we, we do think um, this is actually um, somewhere a little bit close to home. Um, this is maybe up in New Canaan. New Canaan. Huh. I don't know where New Canaan is. Oh, it's not that far from here. It's only um, a few hours to the north uh, northeast, just outside the kind of the city limits. It's in Connecticut. Ah. Oh. Strange. But yeah, we're we're thinking it's up there. Um, was a little little bit of a surprise, but hey, not uh, not too far not too far for a research team to head out there and uh, confirm. Yeah. But yeah, one one of the guys said he thought he recognised the skyline from a visit when he'd been up there to uh, to an estate um, that's in that kind of neck of the woods. So yeah, it might might be a little bit closer to home than you thought. Yeah, that's definitely. I really appreciate that. But. Uh... I'm gonna have to poke around up there and see if I get a chance. I I just hate that. I don't want to get too far away in case something comes up. But yeah, thank you, Nicholas. I appreciate it. No, no worries, no worries. Yeah, so if, if anything more specific comes up, then I'll I'll give you a shout. All right, thank you, thank you. And uh, head back out. Okay. And about the same time you're heading out, then Gerhardt. Is heading to uh, Tiranish's room. Okay. Um, she has a room which is actually in the sub basement beneath you. Um, your key doesn't give, uh, get you immediate access, so, but after a quick call with um, Deluca and saying you want to go down uh, down to see her, um, he quite acceptingly says, "Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a ride down there. Uh, just give me a knock on the door when you finish, and I'll bring you back up." All right. I just basically want to check on her well-being, talk and brush up on a little of the Nakal, and just kind of get to know her, just pick her brain a little bit. Okay. They furnished a room for her, which is kind of reminiscent of the uh, the chamber where you found her on, the, uh, on that dais um, in the temple in Bolivia. Um, it's similarly... Carved, not carved, but at least has pictures of the various carvings up on the wall. Very similar ones. Um, she has a flat bed. There is a mattress that's been put down. There's a table and chairs. Uh, there's a drinks cabinet for, but maybe things like water rather than uh, rather than alcohol. Um, there's a couple. There's a, a box which has been put um, put aside, which, if you have a look inside, has a what looks to be a couple of gerbils in there. Someone uh, that, that was one of the main things. I wanted to make sure they were giving her live food and not human food. Oh yeah, they they are definitely uh, they definitely are aware of what she needs. <laughs> yeah, she uh, she sees you come in and and smiles. 
there's oh well nice nice to have a um, a visitor that's coming here hopefully not to ask a, a million questions it's been quite a tiring day with everyone's in inquiries i just wanted to make sure you you were okay actually and if oh, you need anything uh, she she nods it's been uh, it's been a trying day i'm 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 okay physically i don't have any any needs in that respect but it's a little straining on the uh, on the mind to realize exactly how the world has changed in the, the time i've been away it's a, a very very different world from what i left have they given you any books or entertainment or what what do you need i'll i'll do my best to get it if not i'll sneak it in for you uh, books um I can, I have a sort of basic grasp of, of reading different of the different languages. Um, to be fair, anything that's not just staring at the walls would be would be welcome at this point. There's um, a couple of they call them papers, almost like scrolls that haven't been bound up yet. Yeah, yeah, they have, they come out every day. Oh. It talks about the news and about. I, there's uh, actually a paper in odds. I'll have it sent over to you after we're done with it. It's today's paper. She nods. Yeah, there's a part of the problem I found with reading some of the material that they've given me previously is that there's I can I can grasp the sentence structure. I can grasp the the content it's trying to convey, but there are so many pronouns that have no meaning to me. That right. it's hard to it's hard to grasp exactly what the subject is of many of the sentences. And after we do it back and forth and talk for a little while, I'll sit down with her and try and give her the English. Try and come up because I don't know that much Nakao twenty six, but give her like a little crib notes cheat sheet on some stuff. Yeah, that, that'll probably take a, a couple of hours or so to uh, to go through. Um, of back and forth putting the list, putting the list together. But well, hopefully that'll help me with my Nakao and it'll help her with her English. Yeah, you, you've certainly got enough between you conversationally to interact, obviously more on your side knowing English, but at least you can both converse in English or Nakao to a conversational degree. And then I tell her um, if she needs to correspond with me, or if I come to see her and something's wrong, I give her an obscure code word that, and I talk about that very quietly. Okay. If something's um, wrong, when I see you, tell me to bring you flowers, or you didn't like the flowers I brought to you. Flowers. Mm -hmm. Okay. I can open that. Yeah, she nods. In fact, I would um, not in a not in a dangerous circumstance. She suddenly adds, <laughs> but uh, some flowers in here might uh, might spruce the place up a little, might make it feel a bit more natural rather than the sterile room. All right, consider it done. Yeah, and she... then I just you know whatever we can go you know. Yeah, uh, if you pass say past time, uh, this small talk. Um, in fact, give me a luck roll. 
32 out of 50. Okay. Uh, roll 1d10. Nine. Oh, okay. Now, one of the things that, just because it's, she seems to fairly open up to you quite, um, quite easily that, say, she's been with you for a few days on the way, on the way up here from uh, Bolivia. Um, she's definitely at ease talking to you. And one of the things, that, one of the topics that comes up is the things that she has seen in her travels through the land of dreams. That um, obviously the quest that she undertook to go and find uh, find their lost home, the lost uh, the lost lands of Mu. Um, she does uh, impart quite a lot of detailed information about the things that she has seen. Um, you gain nine points in the dream law skill. Nice. Add that to the bottom of your sheet. Excellent. Yeah, so that, that will probably have you engrossed for a number of hours as she goes through um, the descriptions of the various lands that she's been through, the various creatures there, the customs of um, the indigenous people of the dreamlands, how they uh, treat and respect dreamers, that they're their greatest heroes, and so on and so forth. Uh, some tidbits about um, legends and lore of their cultures. She will wax on lyrically about the things that she has seen because she's been down there for, well, I say thousands of years. Now they completely like hooked on every word. <laughs> yeah, she's she's more than happy to uh, to keep talking, and well, when eventually time does roll around that you have to uh, have to head off. Um, she does lay a uh, sort of scaly, clawed hand on um, on your knee and says, "I've really appreciated you you being here. Thank you, my friend." I say my goodbyes and I tell her I'll be sending you, you know, the paper and flower, you know, plants or whatever. Uh, thank, thank you very much. Hopefully, see I you soon. As, as you head out, you hear the, the briefest squeal of a gerbil and then a go uh, back from the room. Right. I think we're, we're edging closer towards the end of the day then. So what are people's plans as um, night starts to fall? Well, at night is usually when I go out and just do my do my regular thing that I do, which is help people. I relieve people of things that they may have gotten during the day. Mm -hmm. Things that I find nice or attractive to the eye. Oh, yeah, yeah. You teach people how not to carry their money. Exactly. It's too much weight bogging down their, water, bogging down their pockets. It's yeah. bad for the spine if you put too much money in a pocket. And not enough in the other. Stranger clothes as well. It's, you're, doing, you're doing a public service. You use a lot of euphemisms. I do. <laughs> yeah. I'm 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 going home. I'm I'm tired of reading this book. I I've gotten about three quarters of the way through it, but uh, I need to process. Gerhard, are you coming? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Grab some dinner on the way home. Bring it back. Yeah, that sounds good. Steak and uh, steak and potatoes. Sure. 
You like potatoes, right? You're German. All right. Probably want pork. I don't know. Pork, pork is what you like, but whatever. When in America? We got everything in America. Uh, all right. And that's, that's basically it. I'm just going to go home and crash. I will um, do read, um, skim through all of the books, basically. You know, maybe a half hour of French, a half hour of Chinese, half hour of whatever, you know. Getting, getting bits and pieces here and there. Yeah, the mundane human languages, not a problem. You'll, at least you're getting the idea of sentence, um, sentence construction, the, the order of where verbs and adverbs and such appear. It's, it's very much a walk in the park. There's nothing really taxing here for you. What I want to know is all of the dirty words in all of those languages so that you can teach them to me. Absolutely. Let's we'll start with German and then fade off. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> that's memories of my foreign language classes at school coming back to me because that's pretty much all I did. <laughs> okay, and then Connor. Um, well, I'll go have a couple of drinks. And probably head home. Okay. Right. Uh, in which case, then, can Connor and Johnny both give me spot hidden rolls? Uh, 49 is a pass. 56 on 65, just regular pass. Okay. Now, both of you, then, as you're out and about, um, maybe it's a sixth sense tingling at the back of your mind, but you are fairly sure that you are you are being watched as you move out and about on the street. Only on the streets, and generally the uh, streets where there are more crowds, so people passing back and forth, um, without standing still and acting like a sore thumb that you're fairly sure uh, to get a good view of everyone around you to see if there is someone watching. It will become very blatant doing so. You, you can't spot any one particular individual that seems to be either following you or watching, but something tells you you are being watched and it's a little unnerving hmm. well i'm gonna wind my way to a oh, i guess into a pub and i'm gonna wait okay i'm gonna um, watch people see if anybody's kind of read people try to see if anybody kind of comes around the corner and is a little more you know, have a looky-loo than anybody else. Heading into a pub, after a few minutes, that feeling vanishes. You're fairly sure that whoever or whatever is watching you, they're only doing so out on public areas and outside. They're not going inside and following you into into any buildings. Yeah, I'm just going to walk. I'm not, since I've got that feeling, I'm not going to lift any... I'm not going to attempt to pull anybody's wallet right now, but I want to. I want to start making odd turns, like down very deserted alleyways, to where it's just me. So if someone is watching, someone is following, then there would be no reason whatsoever for if if they weren't watching or following, there'd be no reason whatsoever for me to see anybody behind me. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm going down these desolate alleyways, just making my way through. Gotcha. 
Okay, in which case, you can give me another spot hidden roll. Uh, 71 on 65. I'll burn six luck. Okay. Um, you're moving through some fairly quiet areas, uh, maybe passing the occasional, um, maybe the occasional homeless person, or, or more likely suddenly stumbling past someone that maybe would be uh, looking like they're getting ready to mug you. Um, but you just happen to turn um, and look over your shoulder and see there's various people passing across uh, the entrance to the alley, um, the various alleyways you've been, uh, been through. One figure stops in evidently his stride, the, the, bod, the, the shape of the body evidently implies male, uh, probably about six foot, uh, fairly wide brim fedora hat, um, big um, thick overcoat, so you pretty much just see the outline, the silhouette of the person, but they definitely stop, half turn the head, looking down the alley, and then move. So yeah, someone was definitely following you, but they're not taking the bait, they're not coming down the alley. I'd like to go up and see if I can catch the back end of them, back to the head of the alleyway, and see if I can basically drop in behind them. Uh, when you get to the um, back to the front, uh, back to the alley, you are back on a fairly busy street. The guy, there's probably you look one direction. There's probably thirty people that would match that description, and then look down the other way, and there's probably about another hundred. Um, could be anyone out on the street. Yeah. That's the problem. Man. Well, I don't want to risk. I don't want to risk it. I'm just going to head back home. Okay. In which case, then, evening falls and nice, uneventful sleep. Uh, sleep, however, is broken the next morning by your phone's ringing. Gellielmus Oddfield. Hello. Uh, it's the uh, familiar voice of Jane, the... Um, Miss Talahide. Yes. Yeah, I've um, got a quick message for you. Uh, Mr. Shapiro would like uh, you and your uh, team to report to the building. We've got, a, we've got a case for you. All right. Do I have to call him or can you call him? Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to do the rounds. So all I'll, right. I'll call all them right. all. Just let you know. I'll be there in about 15 minutes. Okay. See you then. Put my clothes on. And there's pretty much the same call uh, to all of you. It's Jane saying that you um, your presence is requested. Uh, by uh, Mr. Shapiro that there is a, a case or a, uh, a mission for you. So yeah, the Connor gets dressed without a sound. <laughs> Actually, I just hit the button on the wall and the little robot arms can be dressed. <laughs> I've always wanted one of them. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I presume everyone is going in. Morning, gentlemen. I, I run in, but I as uh, he's getting dressed, I scribble a quick note with some stuff on it, like dime store novels, newspaper, plant, yada, yada, yada. And I stop at one of the shops right before we go in, and I give it to the clerk with the money to pay for it, and obviously a little bit more, and tell him to keep all the change and have it delivered to down the block to this address. The minute you say keep the change, the guy is in. So there is no problem. And then I just catch back up with Outfield. 
By the way, Gerhard, I got a question for you. Whack! I whacked him on the shoulder. How'd that feel? I took it off. You t- no. <laughs> Just kidding. Still working? Not making your skin itch? It's a little tighter than it was, I think. But You're not getting a rash or anything? Uh, I don't know. I didn't have enough time in the morning with that phone call. To really... t- Jeez, Toby, you're going to be able to clean yourself. Oh, yeah. It's it's webbing. It's not like it's covering me. All right. Let's go inside. They want us. They want to talk to us. I told them 15 minutes and we're at 17 right now. Wow, I didn't expect you two to you two to be late. Since you don't do anything interesting, Gerhard had I'd something be to do. In. No, he had something to do in the store. I don't know what that was about. All right, um, you aren't kept waiting long. So as everyone's arrived, um, everyone's arrived. We've given maybe about two or three minutes to um, to get seated and get comfortable, and then. Shapiro comes in with another man behind him, um, who has slick back hair, pencil line moustache. Um, he introduces as uh, this is Dr. Uh, Gonsalves, um, so one of our uh, one of our senior members of the um, of the organisation. Ah, Dr. Gonsalves, uh, been reading your manual. Oh, he, he nods. Ah, you've been working on the uh, the viral analyzer. Yes, sir. Perfect. Yeah, one one of our units has been a bit temperamental for a, for a while now. Hopefully, you'll be uh, hopefully be able to fix that for us. There's no hope involved. I will. <laughs> That's the kind of confidence I like. And at which point he hands over to Shapiro. Yes, um, we've been contacted, and we have a uh, we have a case which we're hoping isn't as uh, to confirm our worst fears, but it looks like the inner nights have surfaced um, in North Borneo. Uh, we've been contacted by the North Borneo Charter Company as it appears that there is an outbreak of infectious hepatitis which has uh, surfaced in the area. Except there are some signs that this is a bit more than just regular infectious hepatitis. Oh. The the first symptoms started to manifest on March 16th, so not, not too long ago. The first deaths, however, were recorded on March 18th, which is what alerted us when we were, that uh, something odd might be going on here. That's pretty quick. It's too quick. It's way quick, yeah. yeah. Normally, subjects only display the first signs or symptoms within two to six weeks after infection. And even then, death can occur, it can normally last up to eight weeks. Death doesn't occur this fast in regular infectious hepatitis. However, uh, as, well, maybe somewhat somewhat presciently, as uh, I was discussing with you yesterday, that the, um, the serpent people have a fondness for biological weaponry. Right. Um, we do have records of a, we're going to call it a bioweapon for short, um, a bioweapon which dis- uh, exhibits the similar behavior that this is exhibiting. Um, we've 
we've codenamed it the Yellow Death purely because it's very much like infectious hepatitis. It has that effect of making victims very jaundiced appearance, so the skin will go yellow and so on. So not exactly the most imaginative name, but it, it works to convey what this thing does. Um, it's, it was designed to depopulate areas of human habitation uh, back in the distant past when basically wee aches were up to causing too much upstart behavior in an area that they wanted to be rid of us. Um, it normally burns itself out in the course of a month, but even so it is remarkably contagious because it is designed to, as said, to completely depopulate an area of human population. So we don't have to worry so much about it crossing into other other species and then being used as a vector to carry it into um, carry it into another area. It is purely through human contact and exposure that this thing will spread. This hasn't been used or seen to be used in the world for a very long time. In fact, we thought all stockpiles of this were consigned to history, but we were looking at purely records that said this is something that used to be used millennia ago. We weren't expecting there to be any stockpiles or reserve of this left, which begs the question, one of the things that will be on um, a priority for you to establish is, is this a modified version that has been recreated and therefore lasts longer than the month? Um, and is this in a night activity? We're thinking it is, because they're the most militant, most aggressive of the certain people factions. But why would they be in North Borneo? So your follow-up um, agenda in the mission will be A, to discover, is it the inner light that's present? B, what are they doing? And C, stop whatever they're doing. Because nothing that they're doing can be good, so they have to be stopped. And then confirm if the yellow death has been modified and if it is going to last more than a month otherwise we will have to take um, steps to ensure that it doesn't spread mm. yeah we had some interesting questions there uh, as as mentioned we do have other viral analyzers in our possession so we have ones that do work um, we'll be taking one of them along with us See, we gave you the one to say the, the one that was broken see, uh, to see if you can fix it. We're going to have to ask you to put that project on hold. Fine, but I, I had no idea there was one that I could actually see that works. Yeah, but I thought I'd mention that we, we had them. You know, it was more of a challenge, though, if I didn't know, because then I could have fixed it myself. Oh, yeah, we do, um, you do see him kind of almost slightly smile to himself. We do kind of want to test some of our agents to see what their capabilities are without ah. Well, I'm going to make it better than yours, so. Um, wow, holy crap. We're going to need some sort of protective gear, don't you think? Hepatitis, isn't that what extremely? Keeps from, what keeps us from getting it? Yeah, um, you don't want to touch anybody. anybody. No, it's lack of human contact, uh, direct contact. This is no skin-to-skin -skin contact unless it's absolutely necessary. Uh, we'll be providing you with uh, face masks, with gloves, Essentially, you just don't want to get bodily fluids on you or make direct contact with other potentially infected. Uh, some That's face okay. masks. Just distribute a distribute a Gerald's personality, and then nobody will want to touch us. There's just this awkward silence that just sits over the room. 
we need some sort of face mask that covers here, but we can see through and I'm almost thinking like a welder's mask, but not a welder's mask, obviously. Like a respirator. You well, you know, you know, I don't know if you a respirator, but you certainly don't want anybody to sneeze in your face. Because mm -hmm. yeah, it contacts your eyes, your nose, your mouth, you're, you're, you're fucked. Pardon yes. my French. Mm -hmm. Yes, I don't, we, I don't think that's French. <laughs> uh, we, you're, uh, what was it, Gerhard? Uh, put on the merde. For dead, put on the merde. All <laughs> uh, yeah, my French lessons come back to me right now. <laughs> uh, all right, oh, sounds like a challenge. Good God, I don't want to die of the yellow death. No, we don't recommend it. Um, it's not a pleasant way to go. But do we already have a? You guys already have a doctor's team over there? No, we don't. Um, what we are. Uh, what we are told is that the North Borneo Charter Company has established a quarantine area where they've drafted in their civilian police to form a cordon around an area that's been infected. It is quite a wide area, but thankfully not in a massively populated area. Well, yeah, um, Borneo. In fact, he, pull, he pulls out a map, which he then lays on the table. So as you can see here, we have the town of Rano. Uh, Rano. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, it's a fairly small regional town. Uh, the area is divided up into various regencies and provinces. Uh, from what I can tell, it's still very much an area that's akin to um, a British colony. Um, so the, lo the local authorities are um, are British, but I think they actually draft in their uh, policemen from India. I believe they're uh, mostly the uh, the Sikh persuasion that they're performing the line that keeps the quarantine zone but as you can see it's halfway up um, a very big mountain uh, it's mostly farmland up there they have um, like tobacco farms and uh, fruit and crop farms I mean, not much by, not much by way of livestock but yeah it's a um, thankfully not a heavily populated area we can we can at least count ourselves lucky but that also then raises the question of why would a bioweapon be released there from exactly. a populated area? Yeah. Well, it's an island. They can contain it. Yeah, but what kind of weapon do you shoot at Borneo people? I what mean, is the native language there, I ask Shapiro? Borneo? Uh, Malay. Malay. Can I, uh, before we leave, can I have a book on... Uh, Melanie's. Hmm? Yeah, we we can definitely provide you with that. That's no that's no problem. And you said Indian? Would they speak Hindi? Sikh. Sikh? No, the uh, the Sikh policemen are brought in from uh, from India. They're just how the province uh, province manage law enforcement. So I also need a book on on that language. Well, they probably speak English. It's a British colony. Yeah. When they're talking about us in front of us in their native language, ah, ah. I would like to know. And In which case it'd be Indian. Yeah. Angel, what do you know about cops? Local cops? I know that I don't I don't actively seek them out. They take I, bribes. They work. Well, that too. So that that quarantine probably has a few leaks in it. Oh, I'm sure. They're not gonna be able to hold everybody in there against their will. 
you know, that's that's one assumption. The other assumption is that they shoot anybody that comes and tries to cross the quarantine border. We could go in there and pretend to be uh, doctors trying to find a cure. Maybe they'll let us in. They won't let us out, I mean, probably. If, if the inner night was after body count, I mean, why not just release it here in, in New York? Right. I mean, Let's... they are they are after... Now, granted, I'm making this off of my only previous encounter with them, but they were interested in something that was in the, pretty much the middle of nowhere. Well, they it were... might be something similar on that oh. island. Shapiro and Gonsalves both nod. Um, they, uh, Shapiro pipes up at that point saying, you won't have to worry about having to try and find a reason to go in there. The, the, the charter company has actually requested us as the organization to go ah. in and help. Right. They, they've reached out to us. Well, Connor, I think what you're saying, does it make sense if I am developing a bioweapon that I want to do a small-scale test in the hopes that nobody notices what I've done until it's too late, and then release it in New York City. Yes, because if it's not deadly enough, they would need to make their mother. No, but I mean, you, you have different weapons for different things, Adi. I mean, they talked about they use this to clear humans out of different areas. They didn't design it to wipe us out. If that makes sense, right? It's like this whip here. It's designed to apply a lot of pain without killing. I mean, this this seems to me that they want to keep us away from here. Well, maybe, but you might be right. The thing is that when those weapons were developed, there were small herds of humans here and there. Right, but I mean, now I, there's, what, three million, two now, billion of us? But now, Adi, if you wanted to do a small-scale test, I, would, I could think of a couple... Um, you know, you could just take a brownstone in Harlem and just get like Maybe. three people in there and have it see what it does to them. Or you could go to somewhere in somewhere like the little village in Bolivia and just wipe them out. I kind of think that Borneo is like the little village in, in India. I mean, in, the, in the South America. It's just in the middle of nowhere. Right, but say somewhere in a war zone where people are already dying. There are plenty of places that wouldn't raise... Where nobody would have ever noticed so they did it well, quite close to a large settlement somebody was going to notice i think we need to be more concerned at this point about keeping ourselves safe kills in two days great is there any other detailed maps about the area is there any underground caves is there any obscure structures i, I don't know how much they've been surveyed in borneo it's Oh, um, Gonzalez pipes up at that to say, one uh, would make a saying about underground caves. Uh, Mount um, Kinabalu has one of the largest unmapped natural cave systems on Earth, as far as we're aware. There we go. I think it's also a, it's a massive point of uh, natural interest as well. And it's vibrant and teeming with life there. Um, hundreds of different species of birds, insects, mammals. It's a real natural paradise there. Other than the yellow death that kills you in two days. Apart from that. But it only kills humans. Indeed. There's a good place to test to make sure it only kills humans. 
No, I still, I still think that there are other places they could have tested it. I mean, this natural cavern system sounds right up their alley. Anyways, I can't wait to go. Uh, Gonzalez pipes up to say then that yes, uh, we'll also be sending uh, Shapiro here with you as as your handler in the field. Um, you'll notice that obviously your friend um, Magnus hasn't been brought in. We are still having him follow up on a particular project here in town, so he will not be uh, joining you on the way out there. But so Quentin here will uh, fill up the numbers and will make your make your fit. When I uh, get back from this trip, if I get back, uh, Doctor, I would really like to discuss the contents of page 22 for uh, 29. Um, oh, okay. I think that uh, I think that there's a problem with what you've got written there. But we'll talk about it later. You can look okay. it up and uh, <laughs> we'll talk I'll, about I'll it then. E I'll eagerly await our chat when you get back. 22429, that's the one, the page. Right, in which case, are there any preparations or anything that you want to do before you are basically whisked away to, uh, whisked away to the airport and then got on a plane to begin your red line journey across the globe? I want to make up, um, what I'm thinking of is like just a, 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 a thin, a hat-like structure that comes here with a, I'm gonna say plexiglass, it would be whatever material was available in, but that would come down about like that, so that if anybody sneezed in your face, it would just go on the glass, and have one for each of these guys. I wonder if they had clear Bakelite. I don't know. The closest thing that you could get, which would be easier or quicker than making it, would actually be something along the lines of a reinforced beekeeper's hat. Um, if the mesh is fine enough, then nothing apart from there will pass through it. Well, virus, but uh, I, I think the holy fluids it would be caught on the mesh, but it would the liquid wouldn't get uh, through. Oh, that's true. All right, well, uh, I'll, I'll bring up something that will protect them from getting sneezed in the face. Yeah, you, you'll also have plenty of time to work on the plane as well because it's not going to be a, qu a quick trip going halfway around the globe. I left my crystal um brazier in uh Adi's office. So it doesn't get smashed up, and I'll just take the stuff I took on the last trip with me. Your crystal brazier. What the, the light are thing. you wearing, Gerhard? Oh, not brazier, brazier. Uh, <laughs> okay. Weird. I suppose it, it could it could probably holster various. <laughs> <laughs> you've already got a strange bodysuit, and now you've got a crystal brazier. The now brazier. Now if we can just get you some high-heeled shoes and a three-song set, you'll be no, ready no. to entertain the gentleman. Because I'm silver slippers and go off to Oz. <laughs> All right. Yeah, other than that, other than protective gear and whatever I can throw together for some sort of... We're going to have some of those machines there, so that's going to be fun to play with. Anything that uh, Connor's taken in particular? Oh, let's see. Pistols, brass knuckles, knife, whip, ammo. You're taking, you taking the whip with you. Lock picks. Um, He's going to punch that disease. Oh, I'm going to punch some, I'm gonna punch some uh, 
particular uh, brand of person that is snake-like. They call them snake persons or snake people, if you will. I'll take my my scepter and that's pretty much it. You know, just my regular my regular you're in possessions plus the plus the uh, serpent scepter and my flute. Ah, gotcha. I will okay. be bringing my normal contingency of defensive weapons. Ooh, I'll uh-huh. bring along one of those flamethrower things. I, got from the I, I really wouldn't play with those until I get something working with a battery. Yeah, I but, didn't bring that. But Just we got those. My gun and my knives. Okay. Is Connor taking one of the flame guns with him then? I am. I guess Connor is. Yeah. Be okay. careful. One. Okay. Indiana Jones Red Line on map time. Going spinning all the way around the globe to the other side to what we know now today as East Malaysia, but back in the 30s it was called North Borneo. Um, you are in a plane. Um, a Boeing 247, which has a nice bit of cargo room at the back. Um, Caduceus have loaded a fair bit of equipment in there for you. So there's a number of uh, large wooden crates, uh, one of which is a familiar 6x6x6 crate for the, uh, their viral analyzer. Um, what it says this way up is actually in, pointing in the right direction this time. Um, otherwise, there's a number of crates. Uh, a couple of you do notice that they have provided a lot of water um, so that you are taking a fresh, um, uncontaminated and distilled water, uh, water supply with you. Um, otherwise, they say there's food, there's equipment, there's uh, plenty of uh, clothing for you, um, along with you having working on the uh, the face plates and the other um, other masks and gloves they will provide you with. Uh, you're coming in from the northwest, so you're going round uh, Mount Kinabalu. Off to you, which, as you're in the plane, you can see it off to your left. Uh, the plane's darting through clouds here. Um, outside, you can see that the the terrain below you is it's not really jungle as such. It's very dense forest um, for going up most of the mountain. It's clear grassland towards the lower parts, the lower um, the lower elevations, and then the forest gets gradually thicker and thicker and thicker and thicker until it gets to a region where it's mainly suddenly shrubs and then bare rock which goes up towards the summit of the mountain the summit of which is covered in ice and ice and snow and um, the temperature on the ground you've um, you've been given a briefing with um, you normally hover between the, the mid 80s up to the high nine uh, up to the mid 90s fahrenheit whereas it's sub-zero celsius so like 14 degrees fahrenheit on the um, on the summit, so it's quite a range in temperature depending on how high you go. Um, the mountain itself is well over fourteen thousand feet, so it is it dominates the landscape around. Mm. Um, the pilot who you've been um, you've been given throughout all this uh, is the same one that's been with you since uh, since New York. You've done a, basically a couple of hops across um, across the globe, going across the, well, the Pacific down to Australia. And then back up, and then up to the main port. Now you're coming back down to head to the main, um, the main runway or the main airfield, which is a little bit outside Ranau. Um, it's a little bumpy ride. 
the, uh, the pilot's pretty good, but it's just a bit turbulent out there. Uh, can I have a spot hidden roll from everyone, please? 11 is an extreme success. I rolled an 11 also. Oh, okay. Maybe you two are uh, fairly close by then and have a good uh, good vantage point. Um, odd, yeah, it's lots of cloud out there, big rock. Not really much else to say, really. Uh, Johnny, same thing. Oh, look, snow. Yeah, see a lot of that in, um, in New York. Snow's the same the world over. Um, Probably also distracted a little bit by the uh, the co-pilot um, having got out of this uh, got out of his seat and the door sort of banging a little bit into the cockpit, so a little bit of noise from up front. He's stretching his legs. Um, Gerhard and Connor, can I have a sound check, please? Oh, sixty-one out of eighty-seven pass. Sixty-nine against the sixty-six, so that's a fail. Okay. Um, Gerhardt maybe isn't too uh, too worried about this in terms of uh, in terms of the sanity, but can actually give me a follow up uh, D hundred roll as well. Um, Con, on the other hand, can I have a D six? Did you say D hundred? Yeah, uh, make a skill check. Oh, I thought you meant a. <laughs> no, no, you're not taking that that this early. I lost <laughs> two points. I didn't lose max from something for once. Yay! Hey, there you go. It's, it's on the way up. What can you say? Do I make a second roll also? Yeah, yeah, just percentile. Actually, too, I'll spend four points of luck to have that. Yay. 86 out of 87. So one point. Okay, right. So you're rolling against the skill that you just picked up, but you're not um, piecing together exactly what the thing is yet. Okay. What you see is, looks like there's some birds outside, Um, but you can see something flapping throughout the sky. I mean, the clouds are obscuring them every so often, but then one cloud goes by and they start getting a little bigger. And then another cloud goes by and a little bigger. And if anything, you're fairly sure that there's six of these things and they're converging on the plane. Uh, they're not birds the closer they get. They're jet black with black leathery wings. Um, two very definite arms, this tail that comes flaps down behind them. But probably the more striking thing for the likes of Connor, that's uh, probably what sends that shiver of sand, uh, sand drain down your spine, is that there's almost something that looks like a human head, but there's just blank where a face should be and two horns coming off the forehead that makes it, this thing look like some kind of demon or devil and yep, they start. They start to rush towards the plane. I, I, we got something coming. What? Look! What? Brace yourself! Brace yourself! And I yell up to the pilot. Okay. Uh, as you yell to the pilot, the first two you hear a thud thud impact on the outside of the plane. There's a sudden crash from in front and a crash from behind. One of these things just flies straight through. Um, the window and um, smashes into the cargo at the back of the plane. But um, box crates start, uh, are broken open, bottles of water roll around, there's clothes that start flying everywhere. Um, one box that looks about the size of a tea chest case just gets thrown in a corner, and you hear something metallic crashing inside. And from up the front of the plane, 
you can hear this, these two screams as you see the feet of the, co the pilot and co-pilot being ripped out of the broken window and the plane starts to descend into a nosedive. We'll leave it there for tonight. Right. Oh. Wow. <laughs> Our players included John Byram, Morgan Llewellyn, Jason Mellenchock, uh, and myself with Matthew Sanderson as the keeper of the secrets. We're currently producing up to five shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. The costs involved with the show are provided almost entirely by our patrons. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. If you'd like to support our show, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure in the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming. Mm -hmm.